0: Hello and welcome to another episode of FFS, another Brexit podcast. I'm Jason.
2: And I'm Amanda. This was not a good week, really, for all concerned about British politics. It was the week that Boris Johnson fulfilled his lifelong ambition and became our Prime Minister. So we're here to try and help you through these genuinely quite difficult and depressing times.
0: Yes, joining us this week is Tara O'Reilly, a Labour activist and staffer who has written broadly about the state of British politics.
2: From mental health to sexism faced by women in Parliament, Tara is not afraid to speak out against the injustices within the system and as you can imagine she was less than impressed by Boris Johnson's election as Prime Minister.
0: But before we speak to Tara there's a lot more to catch up on.
2: So so what a week. If you thought Boris Johnson becoming Prime Minister was the worst thing that could possibly happen you would quickly have been proved wrong with his cabinet reshuffle. The absolute purge of the previous cabinet. One of the most vicious and wholesale reshuffles in modern politics certainly raised some eyebrows.
0: Yeah to say the least. I am certainly consoling myself because yeah. Theresa May, I think, has a good shout for being one of the worst, if not the worst, Prime Minister this country has ever had, I think. I think pushing David Cameron for worst Prime Minister tag. Um, but now we've got a clown as Prime Minister who has pretty Patel at the Home Office yeah. and Dominic <laughs> Raab as Foreign Secretary. I'm just going to say that yeah. again. Pretty Patel,
2: Pretty Patel,
0: as Home Office, and Dominic Raab as our Foreign Secretary.
2: It is hard, and obviously, it's a podcast that people can't see. But Pretty we are both Patel. <laughs> we are both smiling because it is just so hard to get your head around the fact that people like that now have influence. <laughs> Dominic Raab. Jason is not impressed. Well, one piece of good news, I genuinely think, is that Chris Grayling has finally, finally gone. Which from is amazing. Cabinet, which is, and I think we which should is see amazing. this as like a good day for yeah. our country in general. Yeah. And after kind of somehow surviving like seven years in cabinet, the incomprehensibly incompetent Brexiter has finally had his hands moved away from the levers of power.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 great. Every cloud has its silver lining. I am going to miss being able to blame lots of stuff on Chris Grayling though.
2: I think we still can. Yeah. I still no, intend we to. we should. <laughs>
0: yeah, we should. But also, Pretty Patel.
2: <laughs> but the good people of FFS did not stand by. We did not stand by idly as Mr. Johnson arrived in Downing Street.
0: No, we didn't. Volunteers from FFS and the rest of the People's Vote campaign bravely battled both the heat and various law enforcement bodies in order to make our voices heard.
2: Yes, and some pretty good helicopter shots on Sky and BBC captured our huge Sky banner, delivering the message straight into the houses of millions.
0: Yep, and outside the Queen Elizabeth Centre, we had the pleasure of being led in pro-PV chants by Anna Subri as Rachel and Joe Johnson looked on approvingly.
2: Oh, Joe Johnson. Throw Joe back Johnson. to the days when he was on our stage backing a people's vote with Gary Lineker. Do you remember when we liked Joe Johnson? Yeah, not anymore. Anyway. <laughs> so let us not forget that there is a world outside Brexit. Is there? Uh, Yes. You keep
0: saying this to me and I (laughs) feel like you're lying. I seem to have
2: lost you. (laughs) I know it encompasses all of our lives, but no, there is a world outside. No, there is.
0: There is. It's a world that's getting hotter and I don't like heat, Amanda. It makes me sweaty. That is
2: disgusting. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: Temperatures on Thursday soared to 38 degrees, making it the second hottest day on record.
2: It's fair to say that uh, Prime Minister, who's already got quite a busy entry, the climate crisis is certainly going to be one of the most pressing issues for them to handle.
0: Yeah. And while the rest of the world is... Working on it as one of the most pressing issues of our time. What are we doing? We're wasting millions of pounds of public money on no deal. Preparing for no deal. Warning the country about no deal rather than tackling climate change.
2: Wouldn't it just be great if there was a multinational body that had the power and wealth to make a difference on climate change? I
0: can't think of an international collaboration that could make a real difference. I wonder. I wonder if there is one.
2: Shame. Shame about that.
0: So yesterday, FFS joined the rest of the People's Vote campaign at a big rally at Birmingham. We're in the Great
2: Hall at the university, showing our support for a People's Vote. It was genuinely an excellent event. I was very happy to be there. And other speakers who were there were football commentator Clive Tildesley, Labour MP Jess Phillips, and the star of last week's podcast, Lord Michael Heseltine.
0: Interesting fact. This isn't going to be interesting. I play a lot of football. Whenever I score a goal, I think of either... Martin Tyler or Clive Tilsley commentating about my goal, saying how great it was.
2: You're right. That wasn't interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, Fair. Izzy Daly, one of our very own, was on the stage at the Great Hall in Birmingham. And as ever, she smashed it.
2: Absolutely smashed it. And if you want to get involved in any of our upcoming events or big rallies, or of course, a huge march in October, head to our website or the People's Vote UK website to see what's going on.
0: Yeah, definitely. And also... This is a final week of our crowdfunder. So we are raising money to get to 100 universities and colleges over September and October to speak to students and young people and get them all fired up about pushing for a people's vote and fighting against no deal. So please do give us some cash money because that helps us do good things. Doesn't it, Amanda?
2: It does. It does indeed. It's gonna be a very busy couple of months. But any donation is very much appreciated. And if you can't donate, just please, please, please share the link from our social media. Yeah.
0: But better to donate, right?
2: I mean, yeah, but you know okay, that's what are you doing? (laughs) So now we welcome Tara O'Reilly. Tara is the coordinator of the Labour Tribune Group in Parliament, won the 2019 Trailblazer Award for the Young Women's Trust, is smiling as I say that, which I quite like, and sits on the Board of Trustees for the Human Rights Group, Peace Brigade International UK. So welcome, Tara. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me.
0: So our first question is the question that we always ask every guest. Uh, Who is your FFS award? So the individual or group of people on the Brexit front who have done something ridiculous?
1: Um I think I'm kind of biased because I also kind of adore her, but um <laughs> and most of my Labour friends hate me for saying that, but I think pretty patel for saying that people are only allowed to come here if they speak English yeah. after Brexit. Like what the hell is that all about? Um
0: I missed that. Did she yeah, say that?
1: Pretty much, yeah. She was uh, she wrote in the what? Daily Mail. Did you not see she wrote in no, the Daily no, Mail no, a no, big this, article no.
2: about how like uh, if people wanted to, I can't remember the exact how it all works but something like if people want to come here they have to have like a job offer but then like two paragraphs later she was like we're going to have an Australian based point system and the whole point of that is you don't have to have a job yeah. offer yeah. to <laughs> come here so <laughs> <definitely> <laughs> totally I think ridiculous. that's quite good to answer because I spent the weekend on Twitter <laughs> raging yeah. about pretty Patel but... complete
0: shambles <laughs> well yeah thank you great answer
2: yeah Fair enough. Um, Anyway, so yeah, no, pretty good answer to that one. Uh, So many of your articles have focused on the difficulties that you or your friends kind of have faced as working class women in parliament. Uh, And we at FFS are obviously quite interested in class and gender, as well as how like marginalised communities interact in politics and obviously for us, kind of particularly within the Brexit debate. And do
1: you think underrepresentation is a particular challenge in the entire Brexit discourse? (laughs) 100%. (laughs) Um, I'm. I mean, like I come from a working class background, and I voted voted Remain, and so did the rest of my family, and so did the rest of my mates. Mm. And I grew up in in inner city London, where, you know, we grew up in tower blocks, and we were next to like, you know, the richest areas in London, in Westminster and Kensington. And for us, it was normal to be working class and a Londoner. But I feel like the Brexit discourse has always been, you know, the only working class that I've spoken about are or the only people who are considered to be working class are ones in like small towns and ones that aren't outside big cities and actually I feel like you know there are working class people in cities who you know voted remain and want to remain and aren't leavers and yeah I feel like there's a really diverse group of people who are just completely missing from the debate and like I still want to remain but when I you know listen to Brexit debates and I hear you know really posh people on TV talking about why we need to remain like I know it uh, it frustrates me because I'm like oh my god you don't get it like you don't like you don't understand you haven't made any effort to understand why you know these communities did vote to leave Mm. um so yeah I, I don't think the uh, Brexit debate is very representative mm. of people well, kind of in talks- terms of gender, class, race, all of it. It's just yeah. it's quite yeah. dull. Yeah. It's quite dull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to you guys. Yeah, no, you're no, great. No, 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 that's, no. that's why we set up. No, so we're no, with you. Fair. <laughs> that's
0: fair. I mean, you touched on one of the questions I was going to ask, which is the extent to which you think the People's Vote campaign is addressing that issue. Do you think the PV campaign is helping to push underrepresented groups or has it still got a problem?
1: I think it's doing more than most I'd say. But I still feel like there are voices missing. You know, like working class BME people from, you know, cities and that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I think I think there's still a long way to go in terms of making the People's Vote campaign like, representative.
2: Mm. I always think that's quite an interesting one, because I think and you guys have seen this hopefully is that I can be quite critical of some of the like really senior figures in the campaign who like make those decisions. But then on the other side of that, I definitely see the problems they have when it comes to like getting those voices into like the media. And sometimes they'll kind of sit there and be like, you know, it's quite a hard thing to come back at when they're like, you know, we could put all these press releases out with just young people on it, but realistically it's not going to get released into any press. Or we could put it out with Gary Lineker on it and suddenly we'll be on the front page and you can kind of see why some of the senior management of the campaign, I think, really struggle with that because I do think their hearts are in the right place for most people. But yeah, I don't know, like I've gone back and forth on it like quite a lot recently.
1: It's a wider issue with how the media works though, mm. isn't it? It's just, you know, the media is always uh, has always been you know, not representative of, you know, the average person. And that will always play into how, you know, the kind of voices you get from campaigns like the People's Vote. So
0: Yeah. Uh, the difficulty I have as well is, is it, I always cringe whenever you see a Tony Blair type. Oh, my
1: girl. God. Every time he comes out, <laughs> yeah. it's just like, it's no. just a collective cringe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: like... Like... <laughs> I often, I often yeah. I think the arguments he's ma- are making is making us strong, but his brand is so toxic but the difficulty again for the leadership of the pv campaign is they have no control over tony blair if tony blair wants to go and do an interview on sky he'll go and do it regardless of whether you yeah. think it's a good idea or not. i mean
2: we've got like a great press team but the idea that he needs them to get onto like yeah exactly the today program is <laughs> exactly. almost a bit laughable isn't it but you know we're still the ones that'll get <laughs> yeah. hammered for it yeah, but, yeah you know, definitely. it's what it is sometimes i suppose
0: it is what it is i like
2: mm. uh great expression of today for me today <laughs> um So you're kind of a wider analysis of the people's vote. So you've been not like very anti, I would say, but like quite (laughs) sceptical, I think quite reasonably. And I'm just quite interested in like where you've come from and what you maybe think over the last year
1: of the campaign. I think the people's vote has come like an amazing way. Mm. Like like it's gone, it's come really far, Um, you know, since the referendum have, is it two years, three years ago? Oh my God, it feels (laughs) like it was just yesterday, but also feels like a million years ago. (laughs) Um, Like, I think it's done really, really, really great things, but... I'm also like quite skeptical um, of having a people's vote, less so than before. I'm on a slow, slow journey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but because I think a lot of people who support a people's vote or say they support a people's vote, whether that's in like the official campaign or MPs or you know, activists from across the political spectrum, I feel like what they're really saying is, I want to remain, but I just can't come out and say it. And so it feels quite disingenuous a lot of the time. Like I know when my mum listens to people talking about having a second referendum, like. She she voted Remain. She wants to bloody Remain, but you know she's very much like, no, we already voted. Like we just, we just got to get on with it now. um And then when she hears people saying, oh, you know, we're going to have another referendum, etc., 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 she she finds it really disingenuous because she's just like, no, actually, that's not what you're saying. What you're saying is you want to Remain, but you're just not actually saying it. And mm-hmm. and and I think that and that's definitely how I feel. And I think that's a lot. That's how a lot of other people feel too that actually like a lot of people who say they want a people's vote actually want to remain but they're not making the case for it Mm. and you know if there is a people's vote the case for leaving has been made every single day every single second for the last few years but the case for remaining hasn't really it's kind Mm. of been lost um so that's my main skeptic skeptic so oh my it, God, I can't even if say
0: if that word. Skepticism. <laughs> <Scepticism. in> <laughs> it's, it's a hard word. Yeah, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't I, say I it. I try to avoid saying <laughs> that word as much as possible. Um, so, but if, so if the PV campaign came out and was all guns blazing, look, we are a Remain campaign. We want a referendum in order to remain. Would that make you more supportive of the campaign? 100%. Oh,
1: interesting. Would not yeah. it?
2: So I think I'd be less likely to be involved. Because, really? Yeah, I think it's just like... Because having, I think, watched some of, like, my mates who are still in Cornwall and have been there since, like, before the referendum as well, I've seen them kind of go on, like, a bit of a journey. A lot of them went from, like, leave to, oh, okay, maybe actually this isn't going to give me more control over my life for whatever reason they had for voting leave. And I think if I was working on, like, a campaign that was just out-and-out Remain and had been since the referendum, a lot of them would very much go down the, like, Amanda, you're just, like, a sore loser kind of thing. Like, let's just mm-hmm. chill and mm-hmm. go to the beach and do something else. But because I've kind of been plugging away at the more like, actually, you deserve a second vote because of X, Y, and Z. A lot more of them are kind of like on that journey. I actually think I'd be less likely to work for the campaign if it was like an out and out Remain campaign. That's interesting. Mm. Richard's nodding as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but doesn't have a microphone. But I feel everyone deserves to know. Yeah, no. <laughs> Richard's Richard nodding who's too.
0: Richard, producing this, is nodding doing, right? <laughs> But But I think the... The argument that you just made Tara that the case for remain it's, as a result hasn't been made as strongly not been as it should, have, is I think is, like a, is a fair one and it's, it's how do you balance that right because on the one hand you have to make it democratically legitimate to have another vote which is what people's vote mm-hmm. is trying to do right Definitely. regardless of where you are on the spectrum you deserve a final say but on the flip side that means that you're not spending as much time making the remain yeah. argument and then you know. There's tensions with that too. So it's a it's a tricky one. I I think I think I'm with you though. I think that you've got to legitimise a vote, Mm. and then once you've legitimized it, then you make the case. But I can understand definitely the argument that you know remain is not being pushed as strongly as it could be as a result. It's a a tricky one.
1: I think people can work like I agree. I think you need to make the the case for actually having a vote, but then I, I think a lot of the people who kind of hide behind Wanting a second referendum, whether they you know call it a people's vote or not, I think some of them need to you know stand up and be like, actually, I'm gonna you know campaign for Remain and mm-hmm. you know say it with my chest and actually be like, you know, I'm gonna start an actual campaign for Remain because at the moment, if yeah, if a second referendum does happen, the case for Remain just hasn't been made whatsoever. Do you think we? Would I still win? don't think we'd win. Really, <laughs> I still you don't think, think we'd, we'd win. That's yeah, because the case just hasn't been made.
0: Well, okay, so then let's dive into that if if a second referendum is going to be one then obviously labor are critical to that right mm-hmm. because you know you can't have the same status quo type argument that was made back in 2016 labor have to be the one saying things can be different inside the eu what's your take at the moment on where labor is right now the journey that has gone on the extent to which it needs to continue to move what's your it's
1: piece? been a slow journey um so but i think we're in slow. a good no, but um, I think we're in a. I think we're in a good place now. Yeah, I, I think there's still a long way to go. And do you, you think know, we're in a
0: good? Because I, I guess my challenge back would be the last week hasn't been great, right? From the taking on Boris to still the kind of uncertainty. John McDonald saying, "Well, maybe we will look at uh, Boris bringing a Brexit deal back and then assess it."
1: Yeah, it's. I think the discourse coming from Labour is often very confusing Mm. um it's uh, and I say that as someone who works like (laughs) at the heart of it in parliament yeah the way I kind of you know handle left-wing politics at the moment is just like step by step and bit by bit and you know yeah we're slowly getting there I realize that's not all articulate but um I think it's how a lot of people feel though yeah yeah (laughs) I don't really put as much I used to really invest like my energy and my emotions and you know my entire sense of self in you know the Labour Party and I still obviously I'm really tribal with the Labour Party but yeah I kind of just take it day by day now with where we are with policy and Brexit and that kind of thing because everything is just so so like messy in parliament mm. at the moment mm. and and you know not just with brexit with like the sexual harassment and bullying and all these kinds of things just the way westminster works yeah. is just um insane mm. so yeah
0: do you, to what extent do you think that kind of slowly slowly approach I think it's fair to say it's, it's damaged Labour mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Yep.
2: Um, I don't help. Don't like, did you see the results of the local elections in the Euros? Not a certain extent.
0: I'm trying to be measured. <laughs> no, I know, but I mean, like, we also have
2: to be realistic. Yeah, that was yeah. some of their worst election results no, ever no, right. in the European election. No, you're right. Okay, like... okay.
0: I mean, it's properly fucked you up. <laughs> <laughs> so... You don't say you, not Tara. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, what? what are
2: you doing? I don't, know,
0: I don't know where the middle line is here. Um, okay. <laughs> oh <laughs> um... <my God. laughs> So the challenge is if we keep taking that kind of softly, softly approach, then there's the danger that, you know, you'll you'll suffer even more to the Lib Dems who are very clear on their Brexit line, you know. working-class Leave voters who, you know, look at Boris and think he's acceptable.
1: Just for the record, I'm, like, nodding aggressively <laughs> to <it> all of <laughs> <up Yes>. this.
0: <laughs> um, but, but to the extent that you agree, then, so what 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 would you... If, if you were in the leader's office mm. now, what would you say?
1: Come out for a main man, like, and, you know, yeah, campaign for it hard. Mm. None of this wishy-washy kind of oh, yeah, you know, we'll support a second referendum at some point, And who knows what will happen if we're actually in government and all this kind of stuff. Like, it's, it's not enough. It's not enough. Mm. And, you know, as, like, the official opposition, I, I think we're doing a disservice to, like, democracy and the people who voted, you know, for mm. Labour and who will continue to vote for Labour if we're not actually standing up and saying, you know, actually Brexit is bloody awful and we don't want it to happen. And... Yeah you know, we can't just sit back and, and let it happen. Um, mm. but the likelihood of that happening is, you know, not as strong as I'd like it to be. So
0: we should email this podcast to uh, Seamus and Carrie, <laughs> just like that. this clip. <laughs> what do you think?
2: I think that would go down quite badly. <laughs> 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 to be honest. But it's interesting though, cause we were just, we were saying earlier, weren't we? Like the case for remain hasn't been made properly since 2016. And you know, People kind of have, like, different opinions and stuff on that. But realistically, and it's still, it's that line that Matthew Dancona wrote in The Guardian that I can literally never get out of my head, which is, like, um, you don't hear Democrats talking about a migrant's first wall in America. And the fact that you had the Labour Party talking about a job's first Brexit, which if you think about that now and actually reflect on that, that is literally just not something that exists. Mm. And they've got all this like horrific rhetoric around like stopping freedom of movement and like they're really playing into like the right wing kind of stuff around immigrants and stuff. Mm. And I just think if you say nobody's me making the case for the remain-, for remain, I just honestly think that's a space that the Labour Party should have been filling since June 25th, 2016. And they should have been doing it like proudly, saying it with their chests and like...
1: Agreed.
2: Yeah. I don't think people realise quite how bad it's going to hammer the Labour Party yeah. electorally yeah. for years, yeah. like years and years. And you saw the Welsh poll yesterday. Like, you know, that's not going very well for them, is it? No.
0: Labour behind the Tories in Wales.
2: Yeah. But so you, I think it was quite interesting that you said they should like come out for Remain in terms of like actually vocally start saying it, but they should also like campaign for Remain. Are you saying that because you don't think they did that in 2016? I know there's quite like a big...
1: I think it was... Yeah, bit there half-hearted what we all did in you know I worked for the Labour Party um over Sadiq's election but then also for the little bit left in June and and um, before the referendum and we all kind of anyone in or around Westminster we completely took that referendum for for granted mm. and um I don't think a lot of the people who you know half-heartedly campaigned for remain would you know make the same mistake again but yeah I think we need to actually campaign for remain.
2: Mm. I think it always it like really gets to me because you know, if if Jeremy Corbyn came out tomorrow and was like, cool, the full force of what I can do as a person, despite his slightly damaged reputation now, but like what he could get from momentum and all the different trade unions and the start-off, like the you know, a remain campaign or a stay and reform or whatever you want to call it would be as different to 2016 as it's almost possible for a campaign to be but i just have absolutely i'm still like working on all the labor party stuff but i still have absolutely no faith that that's ever going to happen and i don't think i'm alone in saying that
0: are there any mps who really impress you at the moment in terms of the case that they're making for remain and
1: i mean i work for 90 of them so i'm biased I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah
0: exactly
1: <laughs> do you want yeah. us reel their names up yeah.
0: yeah how quickly can you say 90 names yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah. if you had
1: to pick one or two people yeah and
0: annoy the other eighty-eight, eighty-nine. Oh, um,
1: who you go for? who's been impressing me um, god it's hard um, is it really cliche and really bad if I actually like my boss Clive Efford has hmm. said multiple times in the chamber I think that might be a lie but he said it at least once
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> I love that I might be talking nonsense but I'm going to keep going I mean
1: he talks about it a lot. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he said it more than once about revoking and remaining. So he's like going hard on it, but it's, you know, lost in discourse. Um, so I respect that. Mm. I rate that. Not just because he's my boss. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly because he's my boss, but, you know, not Philly. Um God, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't really think. But um, in terms of like right, Brexit you... discourse, I can't really think of anyone where I'm like, oh my God, yes, you're really yeah. leading the way. Like, I think different people are doing like different things and filling different voids like what Lisa Nandy does and says I think she I don't think she speaks for everyone but I think she definitely um you know when she talks about working class communities and towns and the same with Yvette Cooper I think they do a really good job Mm. but then you know there's loads more space to be filled which Mm. I think is still quite void yeah because you need both to
2: like the Lisa Nandy and the David Lammy yes and they work so well together even if they disagree it's
1: you need argument and you need Like healthy discussions, yeah. But I just want to pick up
2: on something because you said about Clive, like talking in the chamber about revoke. What's your thoughts on the idea of just revoking?
1: Oh, I'm so here for it. Are Are you? you? I'm so here for it. Just revoke
2: and remain. Actually, slightly
1: shocked. I'm genuinely surprised. (laughs) I'm so here for it. I
2: couldn't be more anti-revoke unless we were going to like leave tomorrow with No Deal, and you know, again, like there'd be no food for my mum and dad in Cornwall on Monday. Likely,
1: like that we're going to have No Deal, like i'm not like i just don't think tomorrow, i could say but... i was
2: pro
0: yeah.
2: revoke I, I don't know maybe i could i don't think i could
0: i just like we struggle with the anti-democratic argument with the mm. people's vote i think you go revoke and that's like you're going nuclear yeah <laughs> you're, you're, so i quite rate you for saying that yeah, i rate anyone who's just like i don't care stop this shit I yeah. rate it. but I, I don't i don't think i could i could support it
2: definitely fair enough so we've got just a couple of minutes left so if we were thinking beyond brexit which i know can be quite hard to do one in general but two if you work in politics
0: what is this Um, question is there anything beyond brexit
2: (laughs) anyway (laughs) um but divisions like caused by brexit are now kind of like so entrenched it's actually hard to see how the country can come back together again and i mean that both on like a one-to-one kind of people in their families level but Mm -hmm. also in terms of like our politics because it has gone right to either end of the spectrum really and i'm kind of personally not too hopeful that mr johnson will succeed in his task of uniting the country but it, well, great <laughs> but if it was you like what what steps would you take apparently you'd start with revoke Revote.
1: Yep. Interesting first statement. <laughs> yep. so like, oh my god! I so like I'm going to unite the country. The 52% of you, you lot are wrong and mad. Let's go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm
1: going to re- come to regret saying that, aren't I? Um, <laughs> I love it. I'm here for it. <laughs> um, so steps to like reunite the country. Yeah, to kind of bring, to bring people back
2: and try and bring people more together than they were before 2015, 2016
1: as well. Um, it's hard because it's that thing where it's like it. It drives me mad because actually we you know, despite, you know, when working class people vote, the working class people who voted to leave and the working class people who voted to remain, like, you know, when I think about my friends and then I think about, you know, the people who someone like Lisa Nandy and will speak about in small towns, like we're on complete opposite sides of this debate, but we have so much more in common. Yeah. And and yeah, it's definitely. that thing, it, it's, you know, it's that Joe Cox quote of, you know, we have more in common than which divides us. And it's so true. And I would really, really, really try to, um, I feel like political discourse at the moment and how the Westminster bubble operates is that we always focus on, you know, what's different. We always focus on the divisions. We always focus on, you know, what, you know, what we don't agree on, but actually more often than not, we agree on, you know, um, things (laughs) 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 you know what I mean it's like our core values a lot of the time are the same yeah and um yeah I think you know the prime minister and politicians on the left and right really need to actually um remember that and remind people that you know I don't know um things aren't as bad as they seem do you know what I mean it's It's that you
0: know people in Hackney and Hull you know the issues that you're facing actually pretty similar the, it's yeah like, it's housing it's healthcare, it's good schools you know you care about the same stuff exactly yeah no that makes sense
1: i'd i'd focus on that it's a bit wishy-washy and a bit like unicorns and rainbows but um no i like yeah. it it's like
0: it's hopeful at a time when politics feels and you need hope it's, yeah, yeah otherwise about... we will
1: not get out of you know the mess we're in um
0: yeah no, I like that. I like that. We're often too cynical on this podcast. It'd be I difficult think.
2: though, wouldn't it? Like, I know I'm now taking on the cynical role this week, apparently, but like it would be mm. difficult to, you know, actually like practically start that in the population because, you know, like dad and I literally can't have a conversation about anything yeah. at the moment without it coming back to Brexit yeah. and the fact that we fundamentally disagree on what is essentially just a means to an end because we both think different ways will make our country and our lives and our family like better. Yeah. So even if we're talking about anything at all, it comes back to that. So, I mean, I think we all just need to, like, I agree with like the aim, but I think like the time scale, we need to be very realistic about like how long it is going to take for our country to even start to get back towards people amicably disagreeing. Basically, Politicians
1: need to start with it though. They need to lead and they're not. And that's the thing. Um, We need that leadership. Like the country will always follow what, you know, the standards that Westminster sets. And if, we continue to have this really divisive, aggressive, abusive way of handling politics and arguments, then, you know, the same thing is going to happen at dinner tables until, you know, politicians stop doing that. So, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. Definitely.
0: Well, thank you very much, Tara, for coming onto the podcast. It's been it's been great to have you.
2: Yeah, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. I'm so sorry we're so giggly. I think we should start like pre warning people about what coming on this podcast. Yeah, we should. Actually, means. But we anyway, should. and thanks to all our listeners again. Please, please do share our podcast. Talk about it very loudly in public places on public transport. And what does that everywhere. mean?
0: It's just on the bus. Ah, the podcast, the FMS podcast. <laughs> Listen to it. I like it.
2: Yeah, why not? And then obviously, once you've done that, give us a great rating on itunes and all your other favorite podcast stores uh, tune in next week for another week of ffs another brexit podcast